episode of get a good start find us on facebook instagram and youtube at get a good start visit us on getagoodstart.com for the accompanying blog to this podcast which provides additional information about my guests links to the information we discuss and ways you can put into action what we talk about here on the show so you can get a good start. I would like to thank one of my students, Luke Bianchi, a senior at the Paul Catholic High School, for volunteering to create an original music loop composed and performed by him for the beginning and end of this show. Thank you, Luke. From now on, I have an original music piece leading me in and taking me out of the show. Hey, folks, this week's guest is a featured contributor for Forbes, Entrepreneur, and the Huffington Post publications. He is currently the chief marketing officer for a very cool product, Zeotag, go over to the website zeotag.com and check it out. And most recently, he is the new host of the wildly successful podcast entitled On Air Brands. Welcome to the show, Todd Giantasio. Todd, how are you? What's going on, Scott? I'm doing great, man. Thank you so much for having me. You know, as as soon as I heard you were coming out with this show, and I've listened to every episode so far. Uh, I just love it. I love the concept. I love the value that that you and your guests are putting out, and I'm I'm grateful to get to be a, a little part of that. Well, let's get right into it, Todd. What does getting a good start mean to you, and how do you how do you employ that for yourself every day? So, getting a good start to me means making sure that you are in the right frame of mind for what it is you want to do, and and really starting with focus and intention. And so the way I do that is I use a a daily journal. The one I'm currently using is the best self planner, but there's a bunch of options out there. But every morning I start with gratitude and a little meditation to get focused and reset what I'm trying to do with my life and business and family. Um, And then in the journal, you know, I write down things I'm grateful for, what my goals are. So every morning I'm resetting my focus and intentions to make sure I'm staying somewhat on track for what I'm trying to build in my life. Awesome. Todd, you know, keeping a journal is something I talk to people a lot about. And the best part about keeping a journal is you can go back. You go back one, two, three weeks. You go back to that time when you had the best success, maybe when you're in, in a slump and say, what did I do back then that's that's leading me to success? And, you know, thinking about that, how do we, if we were able to go back, literally go back in time and talk to our younger selves, what kind of advice would you tell your younger self, let's say when you were just starting off in your career? To get a better start is to be intentional. I think that's really huge is to know what you're setting out for. And maybe when you're getting start, when you're starting out, when you're, you know, 18, 19, 21, 22, starting your career, you know, I think it's important at that point to kind of explore different ideas, build a lot of relationships. Everyone you meet, try to, you know, don't just say hi, shake their hand, whatever. But if you're going out on interviews, different career events and that kind of stuff, like I think meeting people and thinking in the big picture of not like I need to get a job today, but rather these are people who I could potentially help down the road and vice versa can help me. And um, just exploring a lot of different opportunities. But then once you've explored things and you identify what it is that's really sparked your interest and you want to develop a passion and expertise around that, get hyper-focused on it, right? So I think getting started, it's about exploring and then getting started in that second phase. Make sure you transition into going deep in a direction. Todd, my audience is a lot of college students getting into their careers, Um they come to me for advice every week. I get emails from them, text messages, 
the ones that I counsel, they, they, they ask a lot of the same questions. Um, some of the ones we answer with these beginning questions we do here on the podcast. What would be a piece of advice you can offer these students that was maybe you've picked up along the way that could help them? I mean, the two pieces of advice um, is really one, like I said, when make connections and keep connections. And so we are very fortunate in today's world to have social media and, and digital relationships where, you know, back in the day, if you met someone 20 years ago at a career event, like you had to call them up every once in a while to keep in touch and that kind of thing. But now everyone you meet connect with on social, whether it's LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, whatever it is, but keep, get in touch right away while it's relevant. And then you never know what's going to happen with those relationships because I've had relationships where I met somebody, we had, we had a good friendship in the, you know, at work, we both left, went separate ways. We didn't communicate for literally seven or eight years, but we were connected on LinkedIn and I post, you know, I'm not crazy committed to LinkedIn as a channel myself personally, but I post, you know, once a week, twice a week, something like that. And literally eight years go by, I get a call from this guy and he's starting a new company and he, he you know, wants to work with me because, you know, I have the, the marketing agency and he wants to work with me. And he says, I love the stuff that you're always putting on LinkedIn. He's never once liked or commented or shared or anything like he's just a lurker. But because we were connected he always was constantly seeing me and we had that relationship. And that was a way for us to keep an ongoing relationship as opposed to seven, eight years go by. The guy doesn't see my face or anything about me for eight years. He probably forgets who I am, or I'm definitely not the first person on his mind anymore at that point. So when you're out making connections, make sure you do make those connections um, immediately and, and add value right away that will put equity in the bank of the relationship so that over time they remember you as someone of value and a resource in a particular area. Todd, you're a digital marketer. You're a, a certified eight ways to Sunday in all different types of, <laughs> of digital digital marketing disciplines. Some would call you a social media guru to some extent. Um, I mean, in my mind, you're you're one of the most knowledgeable guys I know. Talking about building relationships, how can yeah. college students leverage social media in the professional realm? What's the your advice to them in using it to build meaningful relationships? Yeah, this is huge, especially if you're getting started in your career, is that uh, social networks are a way, like I said, LinkedIn, if you're young connecting with professionals, it's probably where you want to be, add those people. But as you're going through your career, especially when you're young, you have the you have the novelty and ability to reach out to people you wouldn't normally have access to. And just by saying, I'm getting started in my career, that opens the door because a lot of you know successful professionals want to pay it forward or pay it backwards, however you want to look age-wise, right? But they want to help other younger younger people um, achieve that same level of success. So you have that novelty to reach out and connect with people that, uh, you know, the peers of those people might not have the same type of access. Uh, so using that to make your connections and keep them. And like I said, the ability to share your experience as you're going through it in social media posts is huge because it will show the people in your network, if you're looking to get a job or get your next job, when you publish content, it shows your curiosity at the very least, if not passion and expertise. And when you're young, you're not going to have that expertise and, and own that. Own it as sharing your journey of what you're learning and experiencing and things. And then when you want to go out and, and get your next job or your first job, when people check out your profile and they see the stuff you're talking about, 
it's going to show to them like, oh, wow, this, you know, this kid's really interested in this stuff and they're, they're committed to it. And that goes a very long way. Um, and not to mention, you know, you can build up your network over time. And if you're consistent with that through the, your early career, you get to a position where you don't need to go out and apply for jobs anymore because you're going to attract opportunities to you because you're being seen as a valuable resource in your industry with your area of expertise. And they've seen you come a long way. And honestly, just frequency and familiarity, it, it tricks our brains into thinking that you know what you're talking about. And so just the fact that you can be frequently in front of someone you know, with a profile picture and a little bit of content, it goes a long way um, that we don't really think about. And like I said, eight years go by, no likes, comments, or shares, but this guy's seeing my stuff all the time and it, it actually mattered. So even if you're not getting engagement on that stuff, that that's super important. I am a college student. I'm just getting started in my career. Do's and don'ts around social media platforms. Which ones should I be on? Which ones, you know, what social media platforms should I really be on? Which ones should I be utilizing? Which ones are the tools that you go to? Yeah. So LinkedIn, hundred percent, um, have a, have a full, make sure you have a profile on all your social media, have a profile picture, you know, a descriptive bio of, of what you do or what you want to do. Um, I'm personally huge on Facebook for business networking. My Facebook is, is essentially filled with all business connections. Um, and then I think, you know, right now, Clubhouse is huge. Uh, if you have iOS, if you have an iPhone or an iPad and you're able to get an invite, that's a great place to go and network. Um, and I think, you know, right now it's super hot. It's, it's starting to really blow up and get traction. It's only a matter of time, I think, before Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn just turn those features on inside their platforms. Um, so we'll see what the future holds for how that all works. But definitely right now, get on Clubhouse and get into these rooms and start networking with people, I think is a huge opportunity. Great. I had no idea about Clubhouse. So you told me about it a little <laughs> while ago. Uh, well, when we get off, I'm going to, I'll send you an invite so you can get in there. All right. As far as social media is concerned, what are the big don'ts that, um, you know, students shouldn't be doing uh, or even, you know, first year employees, what's, yeah. what, what, what are the big don'ts? I have my list that I tell all my students, yeah. but I want them to hear it from an expert in the field who, <laughs> who, who works with this all the time. Yeah. So first of all, it's a little different depending on different industries, right? But I think some general rules are, like I said, you know, don't leave your profiles blank with no picture, particularly on LinkedIn. Don't let your profile go stagnant. Even if it means you post something once every other week, at least get on there and do something so it's not completely empty. Depending on your industry, make sure that your Facebook and Instagram are private. If like, you know, you're, uh, you know, if you're in a researcher for clinical trials or something where Facebook and Instagram have nothing to do with your business, uh, you know, make sure that those things are private. Uh, so that people don't necessarily see what you're doing and, and just don't put anything stupid out. Even if you are private, like, you know, just be smart. Once it's on the internet, it's, it's there. Other people can take screenshots and share it and all that kind of stuff. So be mindful of that. And then if you are in an industry where you use Facebook and Instagram to connect and build a professional way, then make sure your profiles are public because you do want to get found. Right. And, um, and I think something that, that people miss a lot is, well, if I'm using social media for business, then I don't really want my, I don't want to bother my family and friends with stuff or vice versa. I don't want um, my professional connections to see what I got going on in my life, put stupid stuff aside, right? 
chugging beers or something, you know, don't do that kind of thing, but just, you know, whatever you're doing, your friends and family out for the weekend, having fun stuff you're interested in. If you're at the, the football game, whatever. And I think it's a mistake to not keep it open for everyone if you're using it that way. And the reason is, first of all, your friends and family are people that want to support you and they're talking about you with their colleagues and stuff. And so if they are familiar with what you do professionally, their, their reticular activating system will be on so that, you know, that for people not familiar yet, look it up. It's super important. It's how our brain scans our environment. And then when it sees something familiar as an opportunity or a threat, it tells us to start paying attention. So if we're, if we let our friends and family know via Facebook posts, like, Hey, this is what I do. This is what I'm interested in. This is how I help people. This is the career I'm in. Well, now their reticular activating systems are on. So when they're somewhere else and they start talking about it or hearing it, they're going to think about you right away and bring you up. So, and they're the people that want to support you the most, right? So I think that's, that's a major thing for people to do is to not neglect your friends and family, your personal life from your professional world and vice versa. You also want your professional people to know you're a real person and you're a human. And so if you're, you know, if you're out at the Giants game, having a good time, like, and again, not Bill's mafia style, jumping off the table, breaking, you know, jumping (laughs) off the car, breaking tables type of stupid stuff. But, you know, if you're at the game posting a picture of you at the game, you know, having fun with your friends, like that stuff shows the human side of you. And that helps you build stronger relationships with people professionally. And it helps you attract people professionally that are into the same type of stuff that you're into. And you get kind of on that same frequency and vibe and you start doing business and doing work with people that, you know, you're going to have more fun with, period. So I think know how you want to use social. And if you are going to use it for professional, like you don't have to put up this like, you know, uh, iron wall between both places. All right, Todd, one more question and I'm going to let you go. You're an avid reader. I would say 100% of the people I've asked and who are coming on the show are avid readers. Hmm. They all have their favorite books, but they can never put their finger on it. Usually it's the one they read in the last two months is their yeah. favorite book. <laughs> What would you say is one of your favorite books for anyone going into the corporate world? 100%, without a doubt, it's How to Win Friends and Influence People. That's the first book I recommend for any new employee, anybody working with me, and anybody who's asking me for career advice. 100% How to Win Friends and Influence People is a must read for everybody. And what's a book you read recently that's really uh, caught your attention? Um, and, And The book I'm reading currently is called... The Hype Handbook, and it's from uh, a friend of mine, fellow podcaster, Michael Shine, and um, it goes through every chapter. It goes through really how to get attention and influence in people um, almost in a, a mass uh, mass persuasion type of way. And what's cool about it is that every chapter goes through stories of like, how did Alice Cooper get to be the number one artist in England when he first came out? Like, what did his manager do that disrupted attention and got a cult following? Um, but then it goes into, here's how you can use these lessons for your business. Uh, so it's super interesting. It's a good read. He's a good guy. Um, that's, that's what's currently, uh, on my nightstand. Okay. Thank you, Todd, very much folks. He is the chief marketing officer of Zeotag. So go to zeotag.com and check out that product. His new podcast is on air brands. Go listen to him weekly. Check him out on Facebook. You'll find the link. Todd can't thank you enough for coming on the show. Thank you, sir. Have a great day.